an alternative travel guide with comedians, well-known faces and me, your host, Vic Elizabeth Turnbull. Each episode is a brand new tour guide and a brand new trip to somewhere completely new. Buckle up, enjoy your journey and do try to keep all personal items with you. for this episode is a stand-up comedian, writer, actor and self-confessed dickhead. She's performed all over the world. She's written for BBC Scotland, presented shows on BBC Six Music and Juice FM. She's been on BBC One's Live at the Apollo, written and performed six solo shows and supported Frankie Boyle on tour. She's also a regular on the Guilty Feminist podcast and Global Pillage. There's so much more that I just can't fit in. It's the brilliant Jen Brister. And we're off to find out what we can shove in between two slices of bread. That is quite something. It is literally a toasted super noodle sandwich. <laughs> Learn some new words along the way. Yeah, so what, what do they call those people that are good at everything? Puller. A polygamy. Po- what? A polygamist? No, I don't think that's right. No. And pay tribute to one of the most iconic figures of the 20th century. I was at Newcastle train station not that long ago, and they you can get your keys cut by a bloody machine now. Yeah. I am not going to let a bloody machine do that. Jen Brister, I am so chuffed that you're on tourist. Me too. <laughs> you throw me a bit of a curveball, though. Why? Because... I was all set to go to one place with you. Oh, yeah. You were like, let's get lunch. So we're now sat in, uh, what's it called? Frankie's Toasties Bar. <laughs> <laughs> it's just opened in Manchester. It's on Portland Street. So I met Jen about 20 minutes ago. And we had decided to go to the Alan Chory Memorial. Because I like to be well-researched for you, my lovely tourist listener, I geeked up so hard on Alan Turing. I've been reading all about him for the last 24 hours. So when we meet, we're both actually proper starving and we go for dinner instead. We make a beeline for Frankie's Toasty Bar. It's a newish eatery in Manchester City Centre that sells just toasties and it's not these hipster grilled cheese sandwich things it's a good old toasty we're sat by the window in frankie's they've got a little seated area where you can watch the world go by whilst eating a toasty what a perfect afternoon they have every filling you can imagine from your simple cheese and ham to well The waiters here now with our food. 
let us show you how weird it can get. Oh, is that? Who's that? Is that for me? 34. Thank you. And our uh, toasty has arrived. Oh, that's mine. Oh, that's yours. You better explain what that is. So I've got bird's eye chip balm. You've got to say balm as well. Balm. Bird's eye chip balm. Balm. What is it? It's, 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 it's a potato waffle and salt and vinegar ketchup. What is wrong with you? No, crack into it. Don't wait. It'll be cold. I don't know why I'm having a go at you because mine is the worst. (laughs) There are loads of things you can have. Cheese and marmite, mozzarella and pickle. I mean, there's loads. Anyway, I'm having a pot noodle one. I'm I'm having a pot noodle toasty. It's called the Salford Super Noodle Butty. I don't know why I'm doing that. We got coffees as well. We're not monsters. Is here now. Oh, is it? Oh, great. Here it is. Oh, thanks, love. Thank you. Oh, my God. Let's have a look at this. Why? Why did you? Why? What? Why not? Well, go big or go home, eh? I say. Yeah, yeah. What's the point of having cheese and tomato and a super noodle toasty on the go? Here we are. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That is quite something. It is literally a toasted super noodle sandwich. (laughs) You looking forward to it? Yeah. Mine tastes like a chip butty. You know what? And Jen's is just packed with runny, chicken-flavoured super noodles. And most of the toasties are only served on thick, white bread. You know the Warburton's toasty stuff? You get in that orange wax paper packet. That. They don't mess around with fancy bread here at Frankie's. Jen picks up a half of her toasty and she takes a big bite right in the middle of it. Oh, my God, that is... I'm so sorry, but that is like a salt bomb. That is like a buttery, MSG, salty noodle. It's, it's amazing. Is it? Yeah. Really good? I mean, I think there's minus vitamins in this. You know, it's like, I think this will actually take vitamins from my body as I eat this. It's literally carbs. With the carbs. And carbs, stuffed with carbs. What have you got? Oh, yeah, you've got potato waffle in yours. I think we've chosen well. You can't just come here and have a normal toasty, can you? No. I don't think I'm just going to have this, you know. I think I'm going to have to have another one. I didn't really drink much last night, but I still feel quite hungover. And now I feel like I could eat three of these. But no, save that after you've eaten it. It's going to hit you like a ton of bricks. You're right. There's a lot of butter in this as well. Do you know what? It's very much like risotto this one you know like with risotto every spoonful is kind of the same mm-hmm. every mouthful's the same I think I need a little bit of tomato in it or something oh, I don't know sriracha alcohol get some chilli in this I literally put this on you know it's like other people put ketchup on stuff I put this stuff on absolutely everything it's nice that is much better so chicken super noodle toasty white bread oh it's oh, dirty dirty yeah. dirty it's so, so dirty. dirty I know I don't care though are you inspired now to go home and get toasty maker <laughs> do you know what it has inspired me in terms of the ingredients you can stick because I am a very it was very much a cheese and tomato toasty yeah. it never occurred to me to put potato waffle or super noodles in it also there's one here chicken katsu curry three little birds what's that jerk chicken and the corned beef hash one have you seen the sweet ones are you a sweetie woman? Like I am not massively, but saying that, there's an apple pie and custard yeah. one that I would definitely go for. 
So what they also do here at Frankie's is you can you can download an app and text your face to the coffee machine, and on the phone it prints out your face. So when you get a cappuccino, it's a selfie chino. I just why? Why would I want to drink my? I don't even like my own face. I'm not one of these people that likes looking in the mirror, so I definitely wouldn't want to be drinking my no. coffee with my face on it. I would really judge someone that did that, wouldn't you? I've come up to pick up my coffee. I want this one with your face on it, mate. Yeah, that's me. I'd be looking at them going, oh my God, that's a cry for help. It's weird, this place. I thought it wasn't going to be as snazzy as this. I thought it would be a bit like spit and sawdust. Yeah, yeah, greasy spoony. Yeah, a little bit. The other maid has made toasties posh. It almost looks like it serves like bubble tea. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It's like a bubble tea place. I hoovered that up. Yeah. Are, are you, are you, a, I'm a really fast eater. Fuck me, you really are. are you, I think you hoovered that up a while ago. Ages ago. Do you know what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to eat. But as I'm chewing, I'm trying to put the microphone away from my mouth. So that people oh, no, aren't no, no. having to listen to me smack my chops. If they're listening to this on their earphones going, oh, this is really foul. Chewing a bloody pot noodle sandwich. Bet you thought you'd never be doing this, did you, on, on a Monday? No. This is a great place to come if you've got a hangover. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because we were supposed to go to the Turing thing, weren't we? We're going to go. Are we going? Yeah. Are we? Yeah. This is not we're doing it. two things. We're going to do two things, yeah. Oh, special. Have you got anything else to do? No, of course not. <laughs> well, let's do everything then. I've yeah. got, I'm a stand-up comedian and I've got a day off. I mean, you've literally saved my life. And I've just oh. been, like, Googling myself otherwise. Yeah, I'd have been creating memes of myself and putting them on Twitter. I'm genuinely still hungry. Wait for it to settle. I, I sound like your mother. Yeah, you're right. Wait for it to settle. Well, so Jen doesn't take any notice of my advice and orders another toasty. Another savoury one as well. I can't help feel that she might regret this decision when she stands up. Still in Frankie's toasties? I've got another one. Jen's got another toasty. What's, what's this one again? This one is the creamy vegan shrooms. It's mushrooms, coconut milk, garlic, parsley, and something, something. Obviously, I'm applying it with chilli sauce again. Mm. It's all right, isn't it? It tastes healthy. Definitely tastes healthier than the pot noodle one because it's, it's actually got vegetables in it. You are tackling that like an animal. You've yeah. gone right for the middle, not I went for the edge. But there's nothing on the edge, so I've got to get in the middle. Right. The edge is just bread. It's nice. And that's going to fill you up, I think. I hope so. Secretly, brown bread, I think, fills you up. And no cheese, though. I've had two toasties with no cheese. Are you a cheese person? Like I'm trying to eat less cheese. Look, basically, I'm trying to eat less meat, less dairy. Have you had vegan cheese? Oh, come on, it's not cheese. It's, all, it's, all it's not cheese, it. it's rubber. What is it? It's like, like yeast and shit. Don't it? call it cheese. It's like cheese, don't they? Oh, yeah, cheese with a Z. Cheese. Cheese. I really have to say to vegans, I think I admire them because that is a lot of stuff you cannot eat. I love eating. My mum's a proud vegan and she recently sent me a photo of some vegan-friendly, inverted commas, eggs that she bought. The packet for the vegan eggs is actually an egg box. I showed Jen the photo. Oh my days, what on earth is that? I do never, I never in my life ever, ever want to eat a vegan egg. A veg, as they called it. Veg. Get it? A veg. 
how do they how do they appear? I mean, how are, are they packaged? You mix it with water. In my head, I just had the visions of like just these big fat soya eggs that you had to <laughs> dissolve in like oat milk or something. Like those dinosaurs you used to get in like eggs that you put in water and they'd like swelled up. Remember those? Yeah. Is it like that? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be a better person and I just don't have the um, but I've just realised I'm not I'm not a better person but you can't be like that with yourself Jen I just like I've cut down meat I've yeah. cut down I barely eat, eat much meat now but the other day um, somebody made my girlfriend made spaghetti bolognese and I was like we're not eating meat and then I had it and it was really delicious <laughs> what's your dirty like guilty pleasure with meat is it because mine my, I love mince dirty meat how would you have it Anything chili, bolognese? Probably some kind of pork meat that is like fashioned into some sort of salami. You're not sure what's going on with it. Like a dried sort of, like a hard dried sausage. No, because that actually sounds like it could come from something. I mean, something that's been sprayed off a carcass and then been stuck together and put in a tube. Something like that. Yeah. Oh, you dirty. Dirty, oh, that's dirty, dirty. You made me, like, cringe a little bit. I know, then. I know. Every, oh. Everyone's like, oh, I judge her now. Well, the thing is, I won't eat it, but every now and again I look at stuff like that and go, oh, fancy that. Yeah. Spam fritters? No, no, I'm kidding. Like, ours, like, anyone else would be like, oh, I'll have a nice steak, but ours are, like, really dirty, like, It's really disgusting. Like, arseholes and eyes. Do you, do you like offal? No. Would you eat, you wouldn't eat offal? You see, I would. Like, are you, so are you, what to call it, snout to tail eating? I wouldn't eat everything. Like, I went out with a, I went out <laughs> for a meal with a friend of mine, and he'll eat anything. And he ordered, I think it was pig's testicles. Well, how were they done? Why? Like, what were they dressed like? They were... We were in a kebab shop in Stone Newington. I had the... I had lamb lamb chops, lamb cutlets, whatever. They were lovely. Lamb is one of my favourite meats. And he had these pork... Um, pork... I don't know what they had. Pork bollocks. I tried one. And they were really... In a kebab well, shop? Well, you're looking at me. I know. I can see your face. You're going, call yourself a lesbian. <laughs> Hole? Uh, yeah, I think they were. Yeah, hold. Yeah, hold, a whole bollock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, I have had again. Um, oh, this was in Chinatown, and it wasn't on purpose. I went with a friend of mine. She's Chinese, and she ordered a whole load of like dim sum and loads of loads of different things. And I picked up one of these, what I thought was like a kind of crackling, and I was chomping into it and I went oh this crackling's delicious she went oh it's not crackling I went oh oh right what is it she went it's deep fried pig's intestines well because they were deep fried you couldn't really tell what they were they were just delicious I know again you can judge away I know no 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 I'm not judging because I like pork scratchings and that's just like pig skin isn't it well, it is just fat, isn't it? Like, you get ones with the hair on. Oh, oh! I mean, you eat it still, but oh yeah, yeah, it's crunchy. But then, you, like with like with black pudding, you remember what it is, and you're like, oh, this is. Have you had white pudding? That's not like. It's a thing. Yeah, it is. It's a Scottish thing. But what is it? It's not like the plasma, is it? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's the plasma. <laughs> How um, do they do that? It's the, it's it's exclusively the white blood cells, and they drain it from a cow, and then sieve it, and then serve it. So scientific. Serve it in a sheep stomach. 
And it's really nice. And I don't know what people's problem is with it, frankly. Look it up. I can't. Are we lucky that we have an instant fact verifier in our pockets? Thank you, Google. White pudding's just black pudding without the blood. What do you mean it's black pudding without the blood? That is what black pudding is. (laughs) So what is the ingredients? Uh, Suet, oatmeal, breadcrumbs, and in some cases, pork and pork liver. It's Um, practically vegan. I freaking love black pudding. Oh my goodness. Do you know what I like? Have you had black pudding with um, scallops? Ooh. Have you had that? Yeah. I honestly, I could have had sex with it. It was the most incredible thing I've ever had. Right, our bellies are full of double carbs and coffee. It's time to head to official tourist business. Do you want that last toast, bit toasty? No, you have it. I don't want it. Oh, I'll have it then. So would you come to Frankie's again? Yeah, I totally would, actually. You're loving Frankie's? I would. And I would definitely recommend this to anyone with a hangover. I think this is the best hangover food you'll ever have. Absolutely. So you two can come to... What is it called again? Frankie's. Come to Frankie's. Open Monday. To Sunday? Not open Sunday. I'm reading the door behind you, trying to look at it backwards. Oh, yeah. It's open Monday to Friday, then Saturday, 9.30 till 3. And Sunday... They're not here, so don't bother. Maybe double-check the opening times before you visit Frankie's. Visit them on the interwebs, frankiestoasties.com. We leave Frankie's on Portland Street in Manchester and head off on foot for the short five-minute walk to the Alan Turing Memorial, which is just by Canal Street. I'm not going to lie. I feel a bit full after my toasty. I can't imagine what Jen's feeling like. How are you feeling? I feel a bit sick, actually. I didn't need that second toasty, and I know you were right, but I did. In the moment, I felt like it was necessary, but now I've got two humongously fattening toasties in my stomach. I feel pretty sick. You're in the moment. I, I, you know, I got giddy. <laughs> I, got, I got giddy with the toasty. So, yeah, we're going to see the Alan Turing, what is it? Alan Turing Memorial. Which is exciting. So this was the original plan before we got sidetracked by exciting toasties. No, because I was hungover and I needed something to eat. But yeah, I know. Do you know what? It was great. It was a great idea. It was a great idea. It was actually your idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I have hijacked it and uh, made it sound like it was mine. <laughs> well, yeah, so we're on the way to see the Alan Turing Memorial at Sackville Gardens, just off Canal Street, off Princess Street, Whitworth, Whitworth Street. Whitworth I don't Street. Know where I am. As we take the short walk, I blast Jen with some Alan Turing Vic facts. And if you're not au fait with who Alan Turing is, he was born in 1912 and was a mathematician, a code breaker during World War II, and one of the forefathers of modern computer science and artificial intelligence. Alan Turing was also gay, and in those days being a homosexual was illegal. He was convicted of gross indecency, a.k.a. being gay, in 1952. Alan Turing died a convicted criminal two years later and just 16 days before his 42nd birthday. His incredible achievements were not fully recognised in his lifetime. Much of his work was completed under the Official Secrets Act and only declassified in the 1970s and some even declassified in 2013, almost 75 years later. He's been the subject of multiple plays, operas, novels, films and in early 2019 he was named by the BBC as the 20th century's most iconic figure, something that I alluded to at the start of this episode. It was BBC Two viewers who voted for Alan. 
The other people who were up for that accolade were Nelson Mandela, Ernest Shackleton, David Bowie, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Muhammad Ali and Pablo Picasso. That accolade is just a testament to show how much his achievements really changed the life and continue to change the life of so many people. I'm an expert on Alan Turing now, by the way, after having researched him for the past 24 hours. He wasn't from Manchester. He was from... I think he was Southern. Yeah, definitely Southern. Based in Bletchley Park during the war. Yep. Enigma. Yeah, crack the Enigma Crack code. the Enigma code. So he was such a clever bastard, this Alan Turing, right? So they yeah. reckon that absolute genius saved about two years of World War Two from cracking that code. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He saved millions of people's lives. I mean, not just him. I mean, there was a whole team of people. I think, I think he was, you know, the the leader of it all. But I think you know a lot of people involved with cracking that code. But he was. It wouldn't have happened without him, certainly. And he is also the guy that's responsible for us having these computers in our pockets at the moment, our mobile phones and all that. Basically, he, he's the guy that invented, is it, invented computers? He, he, had a, he had a good part to play in modern-day computing. He's like the godfather of information technology, computer technology. I don't know if I might be misquoting, and I might be, but I think it was Alan Turing that basically foresaw automation, whereby computers would eventually take over that was what he was worried about was that eventually computers would be doing everything for us so many people would not have a job or anything because computers would be doing it i'm pretty sure that was alan Turing that I, predicted that i'm not i wouldn't be surprised if it would be because he um yeah he was he was also a pioneer of ai artificial intelligence that's it so that's what i mean yeah. so yeah he was the guy so then it was him definitely because it, it's not computers is it it's, it's ai yeah. is, is the thing that is uh, uh, going to affect us uh, in terms of everything being automated like i was at newcastle train station not that long ago and they you can get your keys cut by a bloody machine now yeah that's kind of sad though don't you think there are people that's their job they cut keys and they they do your shoes i don't want to have a I am not going to let a bloody machine do that. Are you, such, are you the kind of woman that will not go to one of those self-service till things? Are you like, I want to keep someone in the job? Well, it's usually like a Sainsbury's local. There isn't anyone, so you have to go to a self-service. Mm. There's one person sort of wandering around the aisles trying to not get eye contact with you so they don't have to go to the till. Yeah. So in those cases, yes, I will use it. But I mean, it has made life easier. But in other ways, you think... End. Alan actually wrote a paper in 1950 called Computing Machinery and Intelligence. In this paper, that is almost 70 years old, long even before TVs in households were the norm, Alan Turing was asking, can machines think? In the paper, Turing suggests that we should ask if machines can win a game. That game was called the Imitation Game, also known as the Turing Test, which I'm not going to blow your mind about just now, but it's a test that's still used in modern science. The Imitation Game is also the name of a film about Alan's life, which starred Benedict Cumberbatch and was nominated for eight Oscars. So Alan, right, back to, back to Big Al. So after he did the, he, he had a part to play in this computer thing at Manchester University. He then went, he went, oh right, well, I fancy doing biology now. He, he had a part to play in some, discovering some big chemical reaction thing which I'm don't, I don't understand so I'm not even going to try and explain it to you so yeah so it's, what, what do they call those people that are good at everything Polo, a polygonomy a po- what? Who's, a what? polygamist no I don't think that's right no. Who, uh, what's po- it? 
I don't know. Someone that's well, very good at everything. Yeah. I don't know, All mate. Right. I'm no. sure. Are you, have you, are you making up a word? I'm sure it begins with P. Oh, I don't know. Polygamy is one of them. You have a lot of relationships in it. Yeah, poly- polygamy. That's polygamy. All oh, right. But polygamy might be something completely different. Let's Google it. I'm gonna get, when we get to Alan. So we're, 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 <laughs> we're around. Where we get to, when we get to Alan, we'll find out. The word I was looking for is polymath, a person whose expertise spans a significant number of subjects. I've got the first bit right, which is poly, which is Greek for many. Laden in you with all the facts in this episode, aren't I? So we're in Sackville Gardens. Gardens. It's very nice. Very nice. And all the leaves have changed colour and it's very pretty. We arrive in Sackville Gardens. Behind us is Manchester's Gay Quarter, the world-famous Canal Street. To the left of us is buildings that belong to Manchester College and in front of us, buildings that belong to the University of Manchester. This little tree-lined haven in the middle of Manchester city centre is also home to another memorial. It's called the Beacon of Hope and is the UK's only permanent memorial to people living with AIDS or HIV and those that have lost their life to it. We walk towards the middle of the garden where the Alan Turing Memorial is situated. Now, the reason why Alan has a memorial in Manchester is because it was the University of Manchester where he worked after the war. First, he worked in the maths department and then in the computer laboratory. Here, amongst loads of other things, he worked on the software for one of the earliest computers. Oh, it's very popular, Alan. There's a few tourists around. Yeah, but they seem to be more concerned with the bee than Alan Turing. Yeah, there is a bee. We've had this bee in the city thing over the summer. Oh, we've got the snails. Yeah. We've got snails in Brighton. Same sort of... It's the same thing. So if you don't know what that is, you just have a bee and then different artists paint it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've got snail in the city. Snail in the city, Brighton. Have a look at beeinthecitymcr.co.uk for more information on the bees that took over Manchester in the summer of 2018. Although they're not on public display anymore, they've now found permanent homes, like this one in Sackville Gardens. Now, this one's called the LGBTQ plus Queen Bee. And to find out more information about the Brighton snails, head to snailspacebrighton.co.uk. Opposite the Queen Bee is the Alan Show Memorial. The memorial is a bronze cast of Alan in a seated position on a bench. And in his right hand is an apple. The memorial was unveiled on the 23rd of June 2001, which would have been Alan's 89th birthday. The idea for the memorial came from a barrister from Stockport who set up the funds to raise money for the statue. Apparently, none of the big computer companies would donate money for the memorial. Uh, One of the excuses given was that he wasn't American. It was designed by a sculptor called Glyn Hughes. And just before the memorial was installed, Glyn buried his old Amstrad personal computer. The computer is now about 35 years old. The model that he buried in 2001 was the first computer to come with a mouse. Apparently throughout history it's tradition that all great ancient monuments have a sacrifice buried underneath them. So when you visit Alan, you now know that underneath him is an actual computer. This is probably one of my most favourite facts that I've found out during researching any episode of Taurus. I love that. 
We stand next to Alan and Jen reads what's inscribed on the plaque next to him. Here we are, Alan. Alan! Here he is, Alan Matheson Turin, 1912 to 1954, father of computer science, mathematician, logician, wartime codebreaker, victim of prejudice. We've not mentioned that. No, we, we we very much we very much not mentioned the fact that he was that he was um uh, because he was gay. Did, was he sent to prison or? Was yeah, it? well, no, no, not said, prison. They gave him a choice, wasn't it? Prison or chemical castration, and he chose chemical castration, which which left him impotent and other other hideous side effects. And then two years later, he sadly took his own life. God. Which they think he did. People think they, he, he might not have. He was, he was a year younger than me when he died. It's an absolute travesty what they, they did to him. that man. To the right of Alan is an information board that explains more about his life and disgusting circumstances surrounding his death, including how Alan chose chemical castration over jail as his punishment for being gay. Chemical castration is non-surgical and lowers sexual desire and libido. As homosexuality was considered a mental illness, chemical castration was often prescribed to treat it. The idea was that if male hormones increase sexual drive, female hormones would decrease or eliminate it. As well as the intended effects, the other side effects included breast enlargement and a bloated physique, both of which Alan suffered as a result of taking this medication. It would also act as a cerebral depressant too. Jen starts reading from it. Oh, yeah. As all at the time. So this is what happened. So it wasn't, I think it was like, they said, in 1952, Turing disclosed his homosexuality to a detective investigating a burglary at his home in Wilmslow. Homosexuality was a criminal offence at the time and Turing was arrested. To avoid prison, he accepted injections of oestrogen to neutralise his libido for a year. At that time, being gay was considered to Homosexuals were considered to be open to bribes, and so he lost his security clearance at GCHQ, the post-war successor to Bletchley Park. I mean... Oh, my, open to bribes. Wow. So you're absolutely right. So he committed suicide ingesting potassium cyanide from an apple. The apple was never tested for poison. His mother believed Turing had been experimenting with chemicals and had carelessly forgotten to wash his hands before eating. Yeah. It has been suggested that Turing staged his suicide in this way so his mother would think it was an accident. So many conspiracies! So many conspiracy theories. Uh, there was also a conspiracy that he was assassinated because he was considered a, a security risk. Hence the apple in this uh, statue. I did not know about the chemical castration and I feel really um, bad about that. But yeah. I didn't know that he said yes to that and then committed suicide shortly afterwards. Yeah. Of which you would, wouldn't you? I mean, you can't... I cannot believe that this country did that to gay men. It's Because gay women yeah. were... managed. That was one thing. We, as a woman, you managed to sidestep um, because... Queen Victoria had never acknowledged that lesbians existed, so there was no law against wow. uh, lesbians. But for gay men, it's just absolutely just so destructive. Did he ever get like a, an official apology or a pardon? He got a pardon or? Yeah, I think Gordon Brown put it through when he was Prime Minister. Just to so be clear here, the apology from Gordon Brown in 2009 was just an apology. Alan Turing wasn't pardoned until 2013. Prime Minister Brown said, while Mr Turing was dealt with under the law at the time and we can't put the clock back, his treatment was, of course, utterly unfair. No kidding, Gordon. So on behalf of the British government and all those who live freely, 
thanks to Alan's work, I'm very proud to say we're sorry. <laughs> it doesn't really feel like it's enough. No, I'm no, very proud to it? say we're sorry. Is it? Like, it's, it's not really enough uh, 40 years after his death, is it? So there's a law called Turing's Law. Yeah. Every conviction was overturned. Yeah, right. A, a petition put in, in his name. Right. As it should. Yeah. I mean, what they did to Alan Turing is a disgrace considered what he did for this country. Absolutely. And also what he did for science. Yeah. I mean, it's just shameful. Chemical castration. Do un... I literally can't get my fucking head around that. So under, under that pardon, there's been 50,000 men since that have been pardoned for the same crime. Right. Which is just, like, incredible. It's not a crime, though, is it? That's it. That's well, it. Yeah. yeah, unbelievable. Oh, God. The, the code on the back of him, the reverse of him, is actually... Oh, is that the um, Enigma code? That's Enigma, yeah. I think oh, it's right. loosely Enigma, yeah. Wow. So we're picking up someone else's conversation, <laughs> if I'm honest. <laughs> no, no, you're no, fine. No. We're, we're, we're watching you... Watch him. Watching uh, him. Yeah, we yeah. can take a photo, absolutely. Yeah. There's two guys here with us at the memorial and they stopped to ask us for a photo. And I asked them for a chat to hear why they're visiting Alan. Uh, Rostislav has come over f for a conference from Kiev and we're actually just going to lunch and I thought I'd show him a few extra places. And this is, and we, of course, we've got a great overlap with history of Second World War and stuff and with Manchester, so this is an important place to stop by. Uh, yeah, it's really important. I'm really glad I came. I've been to Manchester for years and I've never been here. Well, it is quite new as well. Oh, because this is top secret for ages. I'm, I'm actually, I'm of Polish extraction. My family came over the Second World War and we weren't uh, subjected to the Official Secret Act and stuff. So when I was at school, okay. I heard all the stories about this because it was Polish code breakers who started it off. The Brits they took it over, yeah, created Bletchley yeah. Park, etc., etc. So I heard about that history from Polish code breakers when I was a little lad. Wow. And I used to go to school and tell my history teacher about it. Don't be so ridiculous. Nothing like that ever happened. And then it was all declassified in the 1990s or something. And this poor guy, meanwhile, has committed suicide 40 years earlier for being ignored. So it's really it's sad and poignant yeah. that his own country has not recognised him. It but took 40 years, 45 years after his death to, to recognise him. Yeah. He had so much left to sort of offer as a scientist and a mathematician. It's such a shame. Yeah. I love that, like, on his birthday every year, they put flowers on him. Everyone who believes that their life, has, or their career has been made better because of him, they leave flowers on him. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. So, like, on, I think it's 23rd of June every year, he's covered in flowers. Really nice oh, to see. Fantastic. Yeah. There's always loads of people yeah. around here. Actually, I actually had some friends from London coming up during um, the Pride uh, yeah. weekend. Yeah. Someone said, Oh no, we've got to come and see Alan Turing himself. <laughs> and of course, this whole place is just completely. Yeah, it's uh, of course, uh, it's well, like it's just, a gay hero. <laughs> but this is a VIP area, so you can't just walk in. So that was our little, it, was, it took us three goes to. Uh, Blag our way through to sneak in. Brilliant. Okay, yeah, you too. Good luck with everything. Thank you. Bye. We're almost at the end of our trip oh, and we walk yeah, towards the far end of the gardens. Um, my girlfriend's parents are coming up to Manchester next weekend and they said, can you suggest places? Going to see this will be a great thing to suggest for them to go and see. And also it's right in the centre of town, so it's an easy thing to like yeah, go and got, do, isn't it? You've got Canal Street just behind and you've got Chinatown. Oh, well, that's what I'll do. I'll say, listen, you get yourself to Alan Turing and then pop off to Canal Street for a nice... Fill your boots. For a nice pint. Get your leather chaps on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Jen, 
would you recommend people to go well they're in Manchester to go and see yes I would and even though you might think what am I going to go and see a statue for I just think there's something quite poignant about the statue. It's quite sad. And also there's there's information about there you can read. And it's quite a nice place to sit and just ne- have a little sit next to Alan. I would recommend it. I'm really glad we came, actually. Thanks. And I did enjoy that toasty. I don't want you to think I didn't. Or should I say toasty? Toasty. Like you, yeah, you nailed yeah. it. Maybe maybe edit that bit out about the second toasty <laughs> so no one knows. <laughs> have I inspired you to go out and do some more tours of stuff while you're or not? Yeah, Totally. Yeah. While you're out, you know, gigging and touring. Do you know what? I don't do that. I literally... <laughs> I have... in When I go to towns to gig... Like, for example, I, I, I've stayed in a hotel opposite Nottingham Castle for, like, the last three or four times I've been to Nottingham. Still haven't been to Nottingham Castle. Look, look, see, I mean, my hotel is exactly opposite. That's how much of a lazy bell I am. But actually, when you go and do it, you really get something from it. I just get lazy, don't you? You do. And also... I just think, oh, can I be bothered? Do I want to go on my own? Uh, and all that. It's cold. Next time, go and do something. Yeah, well, you, uh, there's, there's about another four or five things on your list that you suggested. I might just do those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just follow, follow Vic's list. Uh, Jen, you've been absolutely lovely. Thank I'm you. Really I've really enjoyed, enjoyed it. Yeah, I think you. everyone should come out with you. You should listen. <laughs> you, you should have like your own tourist company. Fact Vic's then. Tours. I hope that we've inspired you to double drop a load of carbohydrates and at the same time take a little bit more notice of all those statues and sculptures that you pass every day. The lovely Jen Brister gigs regularly and she's returning to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival this year with her brand new show Underprivilege. For her latest gigs and fringe details, head to jenbrister.co.uk. She's also on Twitter, at Jen Brister. Frankie's Toasty Bar is open six days a week. Discover your new carb creation heaven at frankiestoasties.com. Now, the Alan Turing Memorial at Sackville Gardens is free to visit. Remember to go and visit him on his birthday. And that's the 23rd of June. Pop some flowers down and say a big thank you to Alan. If you do visit Alan, let us know. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Simply search Tourist Podcast. Thank you for listening. I do really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy days to spend, what, like 40 minutes with me and some of the funniest people ever. I am so excited for the next trip. Your tour guide is the sublime Jess Foster Q. Tourist is written, produced and edited by me, Vic Elizabeth Turnbull, and is a production of Mike. I'll see you in a few weeks' time. Just please remember to pack your passport. I'm not going back for it. I feel a bit sick, actually. I didn't need that second toasty. Just one more thing. If you are a podcaster or you are thinking about starting a podcast and you live in the northwest of England, then on the 29th of May, I will be hosting Mike's Podcast Edit Club in Media City in Salford. It's completely free and it's for you to come and meet other podcasting nuts. 
You can bring your latest episode to edit, your podcast team to have a meeting about your latest episode, or just come and have a beer with your fellow podcast tribe. It's a really great event. The first one was in March. I'm dead chuffed to be hosting the next one at the end of May. And it's supported by The Landing in Media City, right in the heart of all the action where the BBC is, ITV is, and Salford University, amongst loads of other creative and wonderful media businesses. And it's also supported by Barclays Eagle Labs. For more details and how to sign up and other mic events in the Northwest, visit the Meetup page, that's meetup.com forward slash Mike pod that's meetup.com forward slash Mike pod and I'm really looking forward to seeing some of you there